How's the food, sweetheart? Nice. That's nice. Where's the stuff? The stuff is here now. Great new day sensation. Light and free now. Over to elevation. Enough is never enough. Enough is never enough of the stuff. The stuff. The taste that makes you hungry for more. The stuff. Taste that delivers. Enough is never enough. Enough is never enough of the stuff. Citizens, sorry for the gross noises, but the movie made me listen to it, so you're going to listen to it too. That's, that's, how I, that's how I treat my audience. I love you guys. Love you so much. And when you have squishy, wet noises, uh, just ugh, ugh. Is there such a thing as a squishy, dry noise? I don't know what I was going for there. Anyway, so welcome to Lordy Wonderland Movie Review, uh, episode 68. It's been six months since I've done this show. It's, it's fucking crazy. We've just been through so much on, on our end over here. Uh, switch over to video. The, the, some of these podcasts kind of get pushed in the background. As well as personal things going on. Uh, none your business. That's what's going on. So today's movie is The Stuff from 1985, directed by Larry Cohen, uh, who Garrett Morris is in the movie, said if he doesn't have anything nice to say about someone, he won't say it at all. So let's you know how that guy is. So this movie was recommended by a friend, uh, and I decided to just watch it and just go for it and fuck it. Let's record a Lordy Wonderland about it because it's like I said, been six months. I like to do this show every month on the first, and today's the thirty first. Uh, I'm gonna air it tomorrow and just fucking go from there. Again, I do want to start doing this every month. Uh, I miss this show. It's been a while. It's it's really dropped off. It used to be once a week when we first started it, and there was a we when we first started because it was the three of us: me, Brad, Mario. And then things fell away. Just me now. Okay. So I, I started this movie and I was like, while I'm starting it, I'll go ahead and pull up some things, get my little, uh, my editing or my, my, my notes ready. And I couldn't even do that because this movie just fucking starts. It just starts. I thought I'd have some opening like, you know, Universal or some, some shit company that made this. I thought I was going to have something like that. And there wasn't. It just started a scene and then the scene lasted 45 seconds and it ended. And that scene was like this uh, Emmett Walsh-looking dude walking around a uh, construction yard. He looks down in the snow, and he sees this stuff. I don't know how to describe it. Obviously, it's the title of the movie, but that's, that's why it's called that. He just sees this goop, and he just goes, You know what? I want that in my fucking mouth right now. Because when I find white goop in the ground, I just stick it right in my mouth hole. Right in that, with the lowest hole in my face, as Louie would say. Just throw it in there and see what happens. I don't recommend living your life this way. Um, you can tell this guy lives this life to the end, just based on how he looks as a person. And he's like, hey, that tastes pretty good. He's kind of doing dialogue to himself, which is a, a B-movie cliche. Uh, the dude just goes for it. He just starts, and he's like, that's not bad. Nobody around. The cameraman. 
that's not bad at all. Oh God! If you watch seriously, watch like MST3K, the movies in which it's a it's a super low budget movie, it's shot in the woods. There's always an old man who wanders upon something and talks to himself, and just just like things you would not say out loud. He's saying like expeditional dialogue out loud to nobody. It's fucking bizarre, and it, it happens so much in B movies. I don't understand. I guess they just. They, they have to think of a way instead of doing uh, like voice you know, narration or something. I don't know why they decided to go that route is let's have the crazy old man talk to himself, describe what's going on. And then it cuts to this kid waking up and he's in the bed and he's just like, goes downstairs and he's just like getting a glass of water, washing his hands, doing whatever the fuck he does. No big deal. And he opens the fridge. He sees the stuff which is in his fridge and it's tipped over and it's all leaking shit. And then his father walks in and, this abuse, I almost said borderline abusive, but he's just flat out abusive. He's like, what the fuck are you doing in here? Getting water in the middle of the night. Fuck you for being thirsty. And he smacks, you know, spanks him on the way out the room. He's like, go to fucking bed. Like, Jesus, dude, calm down. And then the father goes back to the fridge and starts eating some stuff. Eating some stuff, you know what I mean? Literally, he's, it's a little curtain, a little haagen curtain that, look, that says the stuff. And it's in the fridge. Okay, this is important. I'm going to set this up right now, and I'll get to it later. This carton of the stuff was in the fridge. In the first scene, it was in the snow. Now it's in the fridge. Okay, setting up a theme here. Moving on. Uh, it cuts to this w- really weird, like, spot, like TV spot for the stuff. She's, like, looking at the camera like, when I was a little girl. When I was a little girl. She's doing this whole scene to, to the camera. It's very bizarre. And she's like, but now I'm a big girl. And does this weird commercial. And it stops. It doesn't finish. And just cuts away. And I was like, what the fuck was that? It cuts and it shows this, this business meeting full of these busy, busy businessmen on a yacht. And they're all having this conversation. I'm like, oh, it's our old friend ADR. Because they're like, I think you should go there. Yes, this, this stuff is putting us out of business. We need to find out what their secret recipe is. I too agree. We need to put a... a it's just like this. It is not recorded live in that scene. The, the water must have been too loud. Something. They forgot the, the, the equipment. The boom mic operator forgot how to turn this boom mic on. Didn't plug it in. I don't know. Didn't didn't match up though. Wasn't matching up at all. Not even close. They didn't even try to match the lips on it. Terrible. And then they like we're bringing the FBI guy. And then this guy comes in. They're talking shit about him. And then he comes in and he's just like this strange, strange man who doesn't belong in this movie. But that's a good thing because everyone else in this movie is like very calm and stuff. Like very, very calm and like kind of unaware of life it seems and this guy's just like super bizarre it's the opposite of uh, of twin peaks kamagakan's like kind of reserved and like i guess he's kind of quirky but everyone else in the town is like real fucked up and this is how this guy is he's like real fucked up and everyone else is like what, what do you why is this guy so fucked up he's walking around he's going to like I'm gonna shake your hand. Oh, you got a you got a moist hand. You got a wet hand. That's a that's a that's a wet hand. Okay. I got another wet hand. He's just shaking their hands. He's doing this weird voice. I can't describe it. Really fucking bizarre scene where he's like walking around, kind of threatening people. And he's I guess they're they're paying him to go find the secret recipe for the stuff because nobody knows how it's made. And he's an FBI a former FBI guy who was fired or something. And then he knows all his information. He knows they were talking shit about him before they came in. He doesn't really describe how. Who fucking cares? It doesn't really matter. Uh, and I was like, I was so worried I was going to hate this guy. But I was like, you know what? I kind of like this guy. He uh, punches some guy in the face. And they're all like, what the fuck? And he's like, eh, tell, you know, tell the FBI that. And walks out. I was like, that was a bizarre guy. Didn't realize it was our main character. I thought he was going to run into the main character later. Nope, this is our main character, this bizarre, bizarre man. 
uh, this is a special time back then in the 80s. Uh, it doesn't really exist anymore where you aren't aware who the main character is. Because movies back then would just have an image. Like this, the poster for this movie, the main poster on IMDb, is a screaming face with goop coming out, you know, the stuff coming out of his eyes and mouth. But nowadays, you have to have the cast on the poster. And then if you can put an image of whatever is happening in the movie, you can. But most of the time, it's just actors on the, on the poster. So you didn't really know who the main character was. And you didn't recognize the names. And especially if this movie didn't have opening credits, it just started. You had, you had no idea who you are going to start to follow. I thought it was going to be the kid. The kid kind of is the main character. Kind of tag along later. He's not really in the, the movie a whole lot. He just kind of appears now and then. And this fucking bizarre FBI guy is the main character. Uh, I kind of like that because you're like, oh, I noticed we're with this guy a lot. But it also would happen in movies back then where you'll be following a guy for 25 minutes and you're like, comfortable, this is your main character. And then nothing would happen with that character. And then suddenly you're with another character and you're like, wait, what happened to that other guy? You kind of almost forget about him toward the end of the movie. You're like, what? Why was? Why were we following that? And then now we're this guy. What the fuck's going on? Like, like a like a like a uh, double hander. But not together. It's bizarre. It's so weird that sometimes they do movies like this. It's it didn't really exist in like major you know big budget movies because that's not how they write movies. But it would happen, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? This movie doesn't do that. Uh, it does a, a better job. It, it gives you a character that you actually care about because he's at least quirky, quirky in a way that you're not like fucking. I hate this guy, but he's like you don't know what the hell his plan is, and he, I don't think he knows what his plan is. To be honest, I think he's just kind of wandering around, kind of. Uh, like a see what happens next kind of guy, which I kind of appreciate. It was nice. Um, I don't know how many compliments I'm gonna give this movie, so I'm gonna go ahead and soak it up in in the stuff. Um, uh, I'm also not gonna compare the stuff to any sort of uh, ejaculate. I'm I'm above that. I I don't want to put that on my audience. I don't want to spray that audience, spray my audience with any any sort of a uh, gross things like that. So so you know that um, that's that's it's below me. That's all. So uh, they cut next to the next morning, and then I guess the or later on, however the fuck long later it is, uh, how the fuck long later is, is that it? No, my brain broke. However later it is, this is happening. The uh, the kid, they're all talking shit about their younger brother, the youngest kid, and, and the whole family is the mom, the dad, and the, the older brother. And the kids have like these crazy eyes. It's almost like Children of the Damned, with the blonde hair and like. The, the weird eyes, but they have like these crazy eyes. Both the kids and the parents don't. It's very weird. Uh, I almost feel like they're actually brothers, these kids. Uh, but the, we realize the whole family's abusive because the mom is screaming at the kid, the dad's screaming at everybody. Uh, the, and the, the kid comes down and he's like, Hi. And they're all like, Hey, what's going on? And they're all like, You should have some of this. And he's like, No, I'm not hungry. And he starts to freak out. And he's like, that shit's, that, that stuff's bad. It moves. It's alive. And, he, and he's like afraid of it. And I was like, it felt like a Goosebumps episode or like, are you afraid of the dark episode where the kid sees one thing maybe he was dreaming and it assumes the worst and sticks with it to incredible ends that nobody would really follow through with. He just has this strange intuition uh, and, and just is overreacting to everything. It, it just felt so much like that or like... Uh, all I can say is like a Goosebumps episode. It just felt so bizarre. Like, this kid is really involved in this and has almost no frame of reference. He kind of had something, like, three in the morning. Like, maybe he's fucking dreaming. Who knows? Anyway, cuts to this music video shoot. Uh, they're doing this, like, catwalk thing, and the girls are eating stuff on camera. Um, these girls are eating stuff. It turns out I was wrong. I am going to make a, a, a semen joke. 
God damn. What has my life become? I, it's not, I'm not above it at all. Oh, God. I'm addicted to this stuff. Anyway, uh, the fucking FBI guy comes in, and he's he just kind of stops the video shoot, which is a real dick move because they're spending money on this, and he just stops a live shoot. I mean, it kind of looked like a walkthrough, a rehearsal, the way they were doing it, but still, still really presumptuous. They, they just walk in and take over. And he starts flirting with this. He's not even flirting. I, th- I thought he was like kind of threatening her. He's like, I want to buy this place, and you're going to sell it to me. And I was like, okay. And she, she immediately is like fucking dropping panties. She's like to her assistant, like, can you take this back? Get it up. Get me a dress. And uh, give me a condom. No, condom. No. No, fuck the condom. I don't need the condom. Get, just fucking get me a dress. I'm going out tonight. And he's like, what's your favorite restaurant? And then this ends. And as many scenes in this movie just end, they just turn into the next scene. And the, the next scene is one of the most bizarre sequences I've ever seen in my life, where it's the kid inside the uh, grocery store, and he's looking around, and he starts throwing... Uh, he, there's this little black kid looking at a container of the stuff, and he slaps it out of his hands, which I thought was racist, but whatever. And he throws it on the ground, and he runs through the aisles, and he goes over to the like the frozen... or the, the like Where basically like the sour cream and like chip dip and shit like that would be, and like yogurt. And he walks over, and he starts throwing them on the ground. All the can, all the not cans, uh, all the containers of the stuff. Throws them on the ground. Uh, most of them are empty. There's not a whole lot of stuff on the ground. Um, it's unlike an adult movie theater. There's not a whole lot in them. They're all empty, which is you know, I uh, I feel like they didn't want to clean it up, so they're like, let's just make them empty. And he's throwing them on the ground out of the cooler and keep it. And this is what I was bringing up out of the cooler. And he opens up a, and he also goes over to the freezer where it's frozen because that's how a freezer works, and smashes the glass and attempts to get in there. Um, he gets uh, tackled by three adults, and then they, they it takes three adults to wrestle this kid down. That's He's, like, fucking hopped up on something, like smoking PCP in the fucking in the, in the parking lot before he went in there. I don't know. The kid goes insane, though. It reminded me of uh, Ernest Scared Stupid, where they start smashing on the or grabbing on the milk off the aisle. Meak. Um, you have to see the movie to get that reference. Anyway, so... But my point was, before he goes over to the freezer to smash the glass, uh, we're going to backtrack a little bit, after he smashes it out of the cooler, all the empty ones, he goes over to the aisle, like the middle of the aisle, there's, there's two uh, workers there at the grocery store setting up a pyramid of the stuff, and there's a bunch of stuff, in, uh, the stuff in the middle of the aisle, all just, in, you know, warm, like where you'd find cereal, like a cereal display, like on the end caps and shit. And he walks over and starts smashing those. And I'm like, does it have to be refrigerated or not? Because every reference of it up until now has been refrigerated. Why are these not in the refrigerator? <laughs> Is it allowed to be sold warm? Uh, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't understand what's going on with this. It just, it just whatever at this point. The kid, it just goes fucking berserk and gets, you know, and they kind of just cut away from that because why not? That's what this movie does. The next scene is uh, our, our FBI guy here with Danny Aleo. Danny Aiello, I guess you say his name. And talking, talking to him in his house, trying to get the recipe or something like that. I don't know what the fuck he's looking for. More information about, or about the stuff because he's trying to find the secret. And then Danny Aiello is like afraid of his dog and he's kind of squirming around his house and he's just like, nah, keeps moving. It's so I'm like, does he have like fucking IBS? Does he have diarrhea? What's going on? Like he is just freaking out and he's scared of the dog and the guy's just like, why is he scared of you? And he goes into his office when Danny Aiello is upstairs getting a, a simple manila envelope full of top secret shit. <laughs> a small little envelope with like six papers. And he opens the, the little door and he sees that his room is full of the stuff and he's like, oh God. 
And then that scene just ends, kind of peters out. And then uh, they open up on the stuff yogurt shop, and it's like this little quaint-looking yogurt shop. Uh, And I was like, damn, I kind of want some of the stuff. Like it comes in like frozen yogurt form too. Again, frozen, cold, not just in the middle of the aisle. You can't just do that with frozen shit. Like can you imagine if they just had a, a stack of like Cool Whip just a stack outside, you'd be like, what the, f-? it's just liquid at that point, like buying a uh, milk water, like what the fuck are you selling, that's disgusting, fucking freeze that shit, come on bro, freeze that stuff, anyway, I was like, I, I kind of want some, I can kind of see myself going for it, um, but also it's like anything super popular, I usually, I, I, I kind of wait a while to try anything super popular, like uh, just, just anything, honestly, anything at all. I wait a while. Like, I won't get a new iPhone until it's been out for a while, just so they get the kinks out of the systems. Just, I don't want to buy, like, the new whatever, just because it always fucks up the first year. They always sh- they always suck the first year. I just wait. I would wait a while on the stuff and just see what happens, because that's how I live. But I was like, I kind of want some of that. I'm a big I'm a big sucker for frozen yogurt. Love it. Love, love the shit. Um... The, the, our main character, the FBI guy, goes to this small town, and I was like, "Is this my small? Is this where I grew up? Because it's a shithole, like all these worn down houses." And, and this guy's like, "Everyone abandoned when the when the fucking when the stuff landmine or landmine what when the stuff you know factory took over." And I was like, "What the fuck is going? on? It's like a a town that the the coal mine factory closed, and everyone lost their jobs, so they all move moved to Pittsburgh or something. Like, it's just what it felt like to me. It just." And I was like, this is my town. Because my t- the town I grew up in is like 600 people. And in the 1800s, it used to be this like log mill. It used to be huge because it's on the river. It used to be a massive log mill town, which for back then was, you know, wasn't many people. A few thousand, but it's desolate downtown, abandoned, falling apart, decrepit piece of shit now. And it's all meth infested. That's what this town is now. Um, but he's like, this main character is walking around. And he's about to go out this, down to this factory, I guess. And uh, all out of nowhere, Garrett Morris just jumps down and like fucking, like a, like a goddamn ninja tries to punch him. The guy moves. He punches the pavement. A little bit of fun. He doesn't really react to his you know his hand being shattered to pieces. He did just move on because it's a comedy sequence. That's it. This movie it has a very weird comedic level to it that I appreciated. It didn't take itself too seriously, but it also didn't play too much in the comedy. It had a fine line, and it, it walked it just fine. And I guess that's another compliment for it. I didn't feel too lost in anything as far as tone goes. The only thing I would say that didn't fit the tone at all was the music. The music was way too either, like, like too quirky or too, uh, too adventurous for what was happening on screen. Like it didn't, it just didn't match tonally what what that was going on. What was what you were watching? It just sometimes, not, not all the times. It just felt a little weird. Um, uh, the next I don't know ten minutes is is uh our main character, the FBI guy, and Garrett Morris running around, like sneaking around. Uh, and I was like, this is like, it's a black dude, it's a white dude, it's a it's a it's a it's a serious white dude. He looks like Harry Anderson from Night Court. If you remember Night Court. But it's also another, the black dude is an SNL member. I'm like, this is 48 Hours with Eddie Murphy and, and this with Nick Nolte. And it just feels like a uh, like those two had a phonectomy. And, then, and this is what we're stuck with. It was so bizarre. It only lasted a little bit. Uh, they go into the factory. They, they end up running out or wherever the fuck they were. And they ran out. They get chased by these guys. 
Um, it, it might have been the worst fight sequence I've ever seen in my life. Because it's just our, our boring white dude who looks like he couldn't fight anybody. It looks like he got the shit beat out of him every single day of junior high. And he, he runs around and these guys are coming at him. And he's just punching him in the face while Garrett Morris is getting on a paddle boat. And uh, he just punches them in the face. And their faces cave in. And they're all just like, ah, I got him. That was weird. Anyway, ah. And then they run away. And then it's one guy. Uh, a lot of guys in flannel in this movie. Uh, that's how you know, you know in the middle of nowhere. The guy in the flannel chasing him, gets in the water, and then the guy does the courtesy of while he's falling, shoving the boat under the water so they can get away quicker. I thought that was very nice. It wasn't. It wasn't a, a movie extra, just uh, you know, making it look like he was chasing him, but really shoving the boat away. That wasn't that at all. Nope, no chance of that. He was really trying to get him. It was so. It was so badly done. And they could have cut away, just did a close up of the boat. I guess then have the footage. That's usually what that means. Anyway, um. At this point, I was kind of noticing the movie, just the feel of the movie felt like it was 1974, but it was made in 1985, which doesn't sound like a lot. It's like 11 years, but it is a big difference as far as how movies were made, because they look at other movies that made in 1985 around then. It just didn't feel like the 70s at all. And like 70s sci-fi horror movies are very different from the 80s sci-fi horror movies. They just are. Like... uh it, and it just felt so detached from 1980s. You, like, obviously, the clothing and the shit like that was 80s. Uh, the, the technology, like, you see a microwave, and you're like, that's fucking 80s. But it just felt so... Usually that happens when an older filmmaker is involved. I'm not sure how old Larry Cohen was then. I don't feel like looking it up. I don't care. It just... Usually that happens when someone is still kind of stuck, to, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. It's, it's a... I actually kind of appreciate that because I fucking hate the 80s. I really fucking hate the 80s. And the 70s are fine for, for movies. Like, um, look at uh, Soylent Green from the 70s versus, I don't know, fucking Lost Boys. Like, shit like that. I mean, they're told, you know, obviously different movies, but different themes too. But I'm just saying the style is completely different. But if you look at movies in the 70s, the styles are mostly the same. You look at movies in the 80s, mostly the same. But they're very different from each other. Anyway... This kid, uh, the kid is at home, he goes downstairs, and the, and, the, and the fucking dad is now the dad of the year, and he's like, you're going to have some of this stuff, you're going to eat it. And the kid, the kid is a terrible actor, so he, goes, he says, uh, you know what I said about the stuff, it's alive, <clears throat> dad. And I was like, oh my god, you're so boring, kid. Um... That we see the stuff, they're eating the stuff, the whole family is, and they're like, you gotta eat this shit, it's good, bro. And I'm like, how come sometimes the stuff is yogurt, like a yogurt consistency? I'm just saying the consistency on screen. It's like yogurt, it's like really thick, It's either, or it's shaving cream, where it's it's clearly not, it's just kind of falling over as shaving cream, or it's like this ice cream thing, or and then later on, it's flat out just milk. It's just like milk with, uh, I, I found out it was uh, chicken bones were in it, and I guess it smelled really bad, that's what I was looking at IMDb. But the consistency is all the fuck over the place. It's kind of like a, a King Kong movie where, like, he's either two stories high or he's, like, fucking several thousand feet tall. And there's, like, the, all this discrepancy in the sizes. <laughs> like, how the fuck tall is he? Or any movie with a giant, like, where they grow overnight. Like, uh, it's just so all over the place. And it's the consistency is just whatever needs to be in the moment. It's just whatever whenever it needs to be, that's what it is. That's what the stuff is. It's It's whatever. Maybe that's why they had some on the shelf, in the, in the warm shelf. You're like, it's it's whatever then. It can be whatever you want it to be. Um, 
so the stuff apparently really brought this family together because this family is like just like you know holding each other like oh honey I love you and before they didn't even speak so like maybe the stuff does have some good qualities to it because at this point we haven't really seen what the stuff can do other than make your face be able to be punched in by a, a middle-aged uh, chunky white dude I don't know if I want to call him chunky he just has big baby cheeks so the, they make the kid go upstairs and eat, eat his the stuff until he comes back down. He, he's not allowed to come down until it's gone. The kid decides to dump it down the toilet. It starts to climb out. He flushes the toilet and it's gone. Whatever. I guess it gives up very easily. And then he fills it with shaving cream. Goes downstairs and he's like, this stuff's good, guys. Mm-mm-mm. The family's eating, preparing a big bowl of the stuff to eat for dinner. Because why not? And the kid's like, this is good, and sets it down and runs out of the house. And I was like, the kid could have, first of all, the kid could have walked out the front door. The family was in the back of the house, you could tell. He could have just walked out of the house. Instead, and and then option B, continue eating that and be like, "Mm," and walking slowly toward the door, just to give yourself more of a head start. And then, or, you know, just kind of slyly sleep or slip away while the family's not looking. Instead, he sets the tub down on the table and just goes, yeah, and darts out the door. In, the, in which case, the dad goes, mm, 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 shaving cream, the son of a bitch. And they start running after him. And I, was, and I mean, the kid gets away, but dumbass kid, dumbass kid. This kid is dumb throughout this movie. And I'm going to, we'll go into there because he does some dumb shit later. He does some dumb the shit later. Uh, the Ruf- Rutherford guy, the FBI guy, who I realized at this point his name was Rutherford because he said his name 75 times. Uh, and then never again after this. V- very weird. He had a section there where he said it a lot, so I looked it up. He uh, he randomly shows up at this kid's house in his car and he's like, get in the back. And he gets out uh, and the car- parents are chasing him and you know they drive away. And I was like, well, why is he at this kid's house? How is he at this kid's house? Was he was he creeping on him? Was he was he a pedo? Was he a pedo? I don't I don't know what he's doing there. Why is he why is he fucking at this guy's house? He just shows up at his, the kid's house and picks him up and runs away and then takes him to fucking like kidnaps him kidnaps him to Georgia, and I was like the only thing I could think of because he mentions a supermarket. I was like maybe he heard about it in the news, but he's also been doing all these adventures and shit. Like and what if the odds what are the odds a kid hasn't been you know the, the stuffed by now? Uh, it's just very presumptuous and very, very convenient. It was very sloppily done. <laughs> it's just nonsense. He could have said, I saw you on the news, like something, something like that. Anything. It just, I mean, that would have been, I, w- I think I would have still complained that it was too obvious and too, you know, uh, they explained it too much, but still, do a better job. That's all. This Somewhere in the middle between that. Um, I guess at this point, uh, our, our Rutherford guy and the fucking chick that he talked out of doing the, the commercial that one day or an item now, whatever. Uh, at this point, I, I noted here, it, this movie feels like Disturbing Behavior meets Halloween 3. And what I mean by that is Disturbing Behavior has like this, I don't know, this alien entity, whatever the fuck you want to call it, takes over people's minds, makes, you know, controls them with some, the kind of an, an a goal for everybody to be involved with. They all just follow it. They don't know why. They don't explain it in the movie. Uh, not that well, I guess. I don't think they go into detail too much with it. And Halloween 3 is a supernatural occurrence when you have to sneak into the factory to find out the secret of why why this is happening. Again, all about going into the factory, sneaking around the factory. And it's in the small town. Silver Shamrock is in the small town. And they got to figure out the mystery of it. And there's a lot of sneaking around, and this guy who just met this girl, and suddenly they're involved in this like years-long relationship, it feels like. The exact same feel of this movie. Uh, and again, uh, Halloween 3 came out three years before this movie, so 
little bit of a knockoff. Um, they they take a like I said, they all go to Georgia. They they the, the adults leave. They go to the factory. The kid is in the plane. Uh, the, the 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 stuff starts to come into the plane. The kid opens up the back of it and kicks open the door on the outside of the plane and just walks out. And I'm like, what are the odds that would exist? Not be locked from the outside. Because why wouldn't you lock that from? I don't, uh, so he goes to the fucking like compartment for this their, their luggage and just kicks it open real real easy, and just walks away. And I was like, well, that would just open mid flight if it was that easy to open. I mean, I guess the pressure would keep it shut, but still, you wouldn't want it to open that qu- that easily. It's just very dangerous because if a bag hit it, it would just fucking like open. Oh, maybe that's how it exists. I don't know. It just felt weird to me. I, fuck you. I don't know planes. Fuck off, guys. Come on. God, you guys are so rough on me. So the kid, the kid. This is what I was getting to earlier. The kid is dumb as shit. Uh, he's he's escaping from the plane. He runs away. He sees a couple, a bunch of trucks and a bunch of guys in yellow suits, like uh, like trash outfits, like the zip up yellow. Uh, basically, any Bond movie henchman from the, from the sixties, and they have a little hat to match. Uh, and he he decides, I'll get on top of this truck so I can hide and listen to them. And I was like, okay, he's hiding and listening to them. There's a couple of guys up on a tower. Some don't see him. I don't understand. And then he sees that the tanker truck is open. It's you can tell they're gonna fill the stuff because it has a big the stuff logo on the side of it. And the kid's like, you know what? I'm gonna jump in this tanker truck. And then he does. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you? Why? Why would you go in there? Who? What? That? Not even. He doesn't know these guys are bad yet. He has no frame of reference for these people. He just thinks. This stuff is bad. He doesn't know that the, the, the workers there are in on it. He has no idea what's going on at all. And he jumps to the fucking tanker truck, and the guy gets on top, and he shuts it on him. And I'm like, that's what you fucking get. You get enclosed in this in this soon-to-be marshmallow coffin because this stuff is getting injected in this fucking truck because that's what you goddamn deserve, you dildo. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why? Who? Oh, man. this kid, These parents. I hate these parents more because they made this kid, like, borderline retarded. Like, he is slow. He doesn't understand what's going on. He just jumps in the big holes that lead into the trucks that he knows will be filled with liquid. And if he doesn't know that, then I again blame his parents for not teaching him how those trucks work. What kid isn't obsessed with, like, trucks and, like, garbage trucks and, like, fire trucks and tanker trucks? Like, every kid had those fucking Tonka toys growing up. Every boy. Especially in the 80s. That's all there fucking was. Don't fucking tell me he didn't know. Oh, fuck this kid. I hope he... I was really wishing for his death at this point out of stupidity. Like, he should be dead. By all accounts, he should be dead right now. Oh, this fucking kid. Oh, man. It, 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 it really upsets me. So, these these two adults here are hanging out at the hotel. They're apparently in, like, this long-term relationship despite having just met previously. And they're, like, laying in bed. And, um... They're watching TV. Uh, she's asleep. He's not. Uh, they're, they're sharing a bed here at this sh- shitty motel. Um, Abe Vagoda is in this commercial. It's the one I played at the beginning of that where he's like, what's wrong, dear? Or something like that. And she's like, what? Where's the stuff? And I'm like, if you can't say the name of the movie. Okay, two, two levels here. If you can't say the name of the movie, you can't be in the movie. It's like uh, Schwarzenegger in a... Uh, uh, jingle all the way. He couldn't say uh, the name of the toy in the movie. He shouldn't have been in the movie or changed the name of the toy. Uh, he couldn't say Turbo Man. He Tur- Turbo Man, Turbo Turbo. He couldn't do it. He couldn't say it. 
if you and then the second level I was getting to there was if in the in the world of this movie in the reality of the movie they're making com- a commercial for the stuff again if she can't say the name of the fucking product you're selling she can't sell the goddamn product at all she can't be in the fucking commercial if she can't say the stuff why is she there why is why who the fuck would hire her how did it get on tv it got past all these executives at the stuff factory where the fuck they make this the, the stuff you know advertising agent i don't know what the fuck they have and it seems like a really low low uh low overhead company but they also have all these massive factories and shit i don't know anyway it just seems like someone would have went hey can we get someone who can say the fucking word of the product that we're selling you know what I mean? It's like a drunk Orson Welles trying to sell this wine. If he can't fucking hold it still and say the words that we're asking him to say, then what are we doing here? Who are we doing this for? This is for nothing. So it's this commercial. It goes in the song, which is still stuck in my fucking head. I can't get it out of there. It's in there like the stuff. Anyway, the, the fucking the couple's laying there, and then uh, the, apparently they have uh, the stuff brand pillows because the the, the stuff starts to come out of the pillows and attacks him. It does like a fucking alien face hugger move over this guy's face. It gets stuck to him. And she's like, you know what? Instead of just ripping it off your face, I'm going to go ahead and get some like brandy from over here and throw it on your, splash it on your face. And I'll get some on the carpet because why not? And I'm just going to light your goddamn face on fire and just hope that works. Hopefully you don't die. Hopefully it's not, it's not like a super flammable itself. <sighs> She lights his fucking face on fire, and to her credit, it works because he just rips it off his face. Uh, it just it just came right off, and the fucking hotel goes up, and this guy comes in, and meanwhile, while it's still going up, the hotel is just catching on fire. This fucking hit guy again in flannel, um, he's he's Dan Connor from Roseanne, just runs in, and then the guy throws him over the bed because this guy has an amazing amazing ninja skills. The guy flies over the bed. And, and I guess they also have the stuff brand blankets because, or mattress, because the mattress starts start spewing uh, the, the stuff all over this guy. And it was the scene from Nightmare on Elm Street, where Johnny Depp dies. And I guess they use the exact same room, so it was true. Anyway, it's it's just, uh, it lights on fire and they rock out. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? That was bizarre. That was insane. Uh it worked. <laughs> she lit his fucking face on fire, and it worked. What are the odds? So they're they're walking around. And they find this pit. Uh, these, these the guy and the girl. They find a pit, and they realize. And she says a line. They're taking it out of the ground and selling it directly. That, that's, oh my god. To which I was like, like you mean like plants? You dumb bitch. You mean like goddamn plants? Like like produce? Like fruit? It's like they don't add anything. I was like, that's how, that's how plants work too, you dumb bitch. I mean, I know they, they, they pull plants out of the ground and they add thousands of chemicals to them. And they just mix them around. And then, they, then they rearrange them to make it look like the original fr- fruit or vegetable. And they put it on the shelf. That's how it works. God, she sucks. She sucks. So, okay. There's, there's a, s- a series of, of scenes where this stuff is kind of trying to, trying to get a hold of them and trying to, you know, trying to make them, you know, like uh, like John Carpenter's the thing. It's trying to get them, um, uh, what are you, possessed. I don't know what else you want to call it. Trying to get them to be part of the group, part of the collective. You know, it's trying to overtake everybody. And I was like, why doesn't the stuff just kind of like slip itself in the real food, like like a fucking taco when you're not looking at sour cream or something? 
you know, why don't they package it? Why doesn't it slip into a sour cream container, like I mentioned? It just why doesn't it just kind of do that and get get people to buy it when they don't know they're buying it? Or just like go right into their goddamn mouth. Instead, it tried to suffocate the guy earlier. Instead of just going down his throat and and taking him, they could they, they had their fucking chance and they blew it. They meaning the stuff. The stuffs had their fucking chance. They blew it. And now they don't get the guy, and he overthrows their empire. Spoiler alert. Fucking Christ. It was so so easy. Um, the the Rutherford, what's his name? Rutherford? 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 What the fuck you want to pronounce it? He goes down, and he starts sets, sets all these charges, like this, this dynamite shit. C4-looking shit, I guess. Not dynamite. That's very different. He, he's doing all these charges on the, on the rocks around it, you know, strategically. And then he, he's like, I'm going to steal a truck. And then he goes down there. And then he kind of wanders around. He's just walking around. And then the first guy he passes uh, apparently has what I often refer to as on the show as Pollock's Troy disease, where the guy goes, walks, sees him walk by, and he's like, that motherfucker's from, from the FBI, and he's here to overthrow our empire. He's collecting the information to blow us up and take our truck. He just knows. He did, it's like he over-fucking over heard them up, in the, up in, above the rocks, above the quarry. He just fucking heard it all. That's what it felt like. He felt like he was very, very aware of what was going on, and he just fucking knew. I hate that shit in movies. I fucking hate it. It drives me nuts. It's there just to create a scene, just an action sequence. And then, even worse, it doesn't create an action sequence because the guy goes behind the truck to confront him, and off-screen behind the truck, he punches him in the face and, knock, and throws him under the truck or something like that, and then just walks him it walks away and I was like so that scene was literally for nothing it didn't give us anything because we didn't see it it was off screen fucking stupid fucking pissed me off fucking terrible hate that shit hate that character all the time I even hate it in face off I said something negative about face off there I said it that was episode one of this show that's how much I like face off <sighs> guys uh, it just it's a I hate that character quirk I fucking hate it I really despise it it's kind of like how I hate the audience character in movies. That's like it's supposed to be us in the movie. I hate that shit. It's just so so fake, and it just drives me nuts. It makes you very aware you're watching a movie. It never works out right. So the kid um, is in the truck. He starts screaming in there because they start uh, you know putting the ooze in the back of the truck because obviously no shit. And then uh, the our main characters is walking by this truck at this exact moment. He's just he's just been wandering around since he got down there. And he hears this kid, and he's like, I'm going to get you out of here, kid, don't worry. He gets in the truck, starts punching some guys. He, he's very good with his punching skills. He punches them in the face. They all He steals a truck, and then just as he leaves camp with the truck, the fucking place blows up. And I was like, you were just wandering, just wandering around. You happened to take this truck because you heard the kid inside. If you didn't, you would have been fucking dead. What are you doing? He wanted to have it both ways. He wanted to, like, blow this place up and just wander around and steal a truck. He can't do it all. You could either set the charges, steal the truck directly, get out of there immediately. That's it. He's like, I'm going to wander around first. I mean, it was timed right, but it shouldn't have been. He should be dead. It was so stupid. Fucking pissed me off. Anyway, in the meantime, this girl's getting attacked by this guy. She knocks him down, and then our fucking hero here comes along and runs over his legs in the semi-truck. Uh, and then... They all get in the truck, and uh, before actually, what happens before that is the kid's still in the fucking back of the truck, drowning almost. For all this guy knows, for all Rutherford knows, he runs over the guy's legs, gets out, picks up the lady who's just laying there in the grass safely, 
And then he goes to the back of the truck and gets the kid out of there. I'm like, this guy's got priorities. He can't fuck the kid, but he can fuck her. This guy, this guy's got it together. I kind of now that I'm talking about, it, I kind of agree with him. Yep. Uh, moving on because I don't see a flaw with that. So they they uh, get they get pulled over by a cop. They decide to you know trick the cop by like, mm, the, the stuff is good. The stuff is falling out the back of the truck. Let's eat it. Uh, kind of bainy out of there. I don't know why I did that. Um, they go back there, and the cop's like, ugh, fine. And he goes, cop goes back there. And then our hero here, our super ninja hero, comes along behind the cop and just literally karate chops him in the back of the neck, and the guy falls over, ah, maybe dead. I don't know. The guy has such a strong punch, he can punch a hole through a human face. Maybe the karate chop to the spine would have killed the man. I would, assume, I would have to assume so at this point. And then there's this very weird sequence, which reminded me of the uh, second, ep- no, first episode of Shitty Movie Showdown from when we watched Hired to Kill, where they go to a castle. Uh, also in Charlie's Angels, they go to a castle. Um, it was very bizarre because they're in, keep in mind they're in this small town, and they drive a truck away, and they didn't. I doubt they stopped to refill the fucking trucks. So they didn't go that far, and they stop, and you see this castle in the background, and you're like, and then the, our main character says some cryptic shit when he goes, uh, "I know the man who lives here. I know him well. He just doesn't know me." I was like, God, you're creepy. You're a creepy motherfucker. And then uh, they go in there, they go inside, and then uh, it's fucking Paul Servino. And I was like, what the fuck is Paul Servino doing in this movie? And this is five years before Goodfellas, but still. Uh, before he was actually a respected actor again. So, and I was very confused because he starts to, he talks to Paul Servino, and he starts talking talk him into you know, helping him and what's going on, what's really going on with this, this factory and how they're taking over people's minds. And he's... Talking to Paul Sorvino. Go and watch this movie just so you can see this scene. He's talking to Paul Sorvino three and a half inches away from his face, like right next to him, to his cheek. It was like, we also did this in a shitty movie show on episode one, where I, I put my nose against <laughs> Miguel's face as a joke. And we were joking, though. This guy's seriously having serious dialogue right to his fucking face, like a Seinfeld close talker. Very weird. And then... uh the feeling I got on Paul Sorvino and look at the at the background was like he's just outside these like midwestern small towns or like these you know Pennsylvania small towns where the fuck they are some you know rundown small town in in the United States, but it felt like Paul Sorvino was in the fucking jungle and he's like a South American dictator or like some sort of like weird Fidel Castro type. And it was so weird I, I couldn't describe it, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? I guess he has a militia, like a communist militia, I, 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 whatever. So weird. They decide to go attack the factory. Um, one guy returns with the truck, and the guy's like, this is the truck you stole. And the guy comes out, and he's like, I found that truck. You know, I was hoping there's a reward. And he's like, all right, yeah, come on in. Uh, and he's like, how about that money first? And the, the, the factory worker comes out and shoots the guy in the goddamn face. Okay? Shoots him in the fucking face, and you see it. You see a bullet hole appear in this guy's cheek. And I was like, God damn, our fucking, one of our main militia guys, the second militia guy died already, like half a second into this elaborate ruse and it's over. And then the militia starts to attack. Paul Servino shoots the, shoots the guy who shot his friend. And then the military, the whole militia attacks. And I was like, and the music is like really quirky ish. It felt like a police academy scene where they, where they all attack and like, I mean, that's not that, but it felt like that where I was like, what is going on? Like the music did not match the sequence at all. Like some guy just got shot in the fucking face in front of a child. And they're playing this like really whimsical action sequence music, like straight out of police academy. I don't know how else to describe it. So bizarre. 
Um, later on, they're inside the factory. They're all taking it over. The room is filling with the stuff. Uh, the kid and the lady are moving cart to cart uh, through like, Indiana Jones carts. I don't know why the room is filled with these random fucking carts placed like fr- fucking Frogger, like evenly so they can move from, you know, cart to cart. And it's it's creeping over and it's flowing into the carts, but they jump on the ground and run away. And I'm like, how is it filled the room? It's filling the room. It's going up the carts, but not on the floor at all. Like what? I don't, it, it was just too liquidy not to have put on the floor, the entire floor yet. I, I get that it moves, but still. Whatever. So, at this point, they all go outside. They're all running around. Uh, this is when all the, the, the canisters explode. The, the the vats, I guess they call them, explode. And it all takes over the town, takes over the factory. And this is when you see that it's all milk, pretty much. It's all really milky. And I was like, I'll give this movie one thing. It's very enthusiastic about what it's doing. It's like, yeah, we're fighting the, we're fighting the stuff. Yeah. And they're all everyone's everyone's on board. Everyone's taking it seriously and having a good, but still having a good time. I'll give the movie that that much credit. I, I enjoyed the enthusiasm. I enjoyed kind of the creativeness they had to do at this point to to do what they were doing. Probably on a limited budget, I would have to assume at this point that it didn't have a whole lot of money. Um, it says the budget was one point seven million dollars, which seems like a lot, but not really. Not it, it's it's. That, that's about what I would have guessed. I would have guessed one and a half, maybe maybe one. No, it's, it's too adventurous for one. One and a half would have been my guess. So that's about right. Um, I, 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 <laughs> I'm trying to think. What, they, they leave, and they're like, well, we'll tell the world about this factor. We'll go back to my, I own radio stations conveniently. I guess that's how our FBI guy knew about them, whatever. Who fucking cares? They just needed a reason to come up with. So Garrett Morris shows up at the, at the, the uh, radio station, and he runs in, and I'm like, hey, he's back after a brisk, brisk 34, 34 minutes. That's some, I counted it. Away from the movie. And I, I, I forgot he was in the fucking movie. I f- completely fucking forgot. And Paul Sorvino is like, he's not allowed in here. He's not going to go on the radio. And they're like, this guy knows his stuff. He's, he's Chocolate Charlie, Chocolate Chip Charlie, or something like that. <laughs> something super racist. And uh, <clears throat> he's like, he's not allowed here. I'll, and like, You're going to let him talk. It would be really nice of you. He's like, like basically uh, amusing this racist dude. And he's like, fine, I'll let this colored man talk on my radio. But if he tries anything, he's dead. I'll shoot him. And then uh, Charlie goes in the other room with the girl, and then he turns out he's one of the stuffed. I don't know what to call him. And I was like, you know what? His racism maybe would have saved some lives. Uh, Paul Servino's racism. Cause it, but then nobody died, so I couldn't say that anymore. But it would have saved his studio. He could have shot him, and that would have been it. And then uh, what happens when, this, when Garrett Morris turns into the stuffed and the goo and shit is maybe the sloppiest scene I've ever seen in my life. Like, if they had another a million dollars, I would have spent all of it on this one scene. Uh, it was so fucking shittily done, where it was like, they were all the, all of our heroes were outside the room. The kid runs into the room and suddenly is attacked by the stuff across the room. I didn't, I didn't know where the hell was going on, because he was right in front of the lady a second ago. Now it, the goo's across the room, and this kid's cornered somehow in the soundproof, you know, all the sound tiles on the wall. And the fucking goop's kind of moving toward him. And they're all like, don't touch it. Even though they've been touching the goo the whole fucking movie just fine. They, they touch it so much for a movie where you can't touch it or it, it overtakes you. 
I couldn't fathom what it actually did if it touched you because I thought if you touched it, it was done. Kind of like being, it's like they were being nibbled on by zombies, but it was fine because they were just nibbles. They didn't do a full on bite. I don't, whatever. Do you have to do it voluntarily? I don't, they didn't explain anything. It didn't make any sense. Whatever. Anyway, the guys, our, our hero there, Rutherford and a uh, uh, fucking racist Paul Servino are outside. They start smashing the glass of the studio because they're basically in the recording room at that point. The little boy is. And then they light it on fire and then it's on fire and then the, the kid jumps over and then the kid jumps out and then suddenly he's back in the room in one shot and then Paul Servino's grabbing him in the other one even though he already took him to the room fully. And then our hero's carrying the lady through the through the, uh, the the window and then suddenly he's back in the room and he's holding onto her and the goo's on fire in a different way and then it keeps changing back and forth and there's lots of green screen it looks terrible and then he's carrying the lady through the window again. I'm like, you already fucking did. Oh my God. They just kept starting things and then cutting back to it not happening yet and it was driving me fucking nuts and it was so quick and in chaos I think they do like this. Looks like shit. We gotta hurry this along. We gotta, you know, make people not sure what they saw. But it is nonsense. And they get in the other room, and the lady is like wiping the goo off her face, like she was just in a fucking Bukaki movie. Like she just got uh, fucking just sprayed by these guys in the back room. It was gross. It was disgusting. I didn't know what the fuck is going on. Uh, Paul Sorino does the broadcast. Let's everybody know very, very strangely that the the the, the stuff is killing you. They show like these fucking mobs, and they're all doing fires, and they're burning this like stupid looking CG or I don't know if it was, you can call it CG at that point this weird shot of them burning a pile of the stuff <laughs> so stupid looking and then uh, our our lady main character does a direct to camera dialogue for some reason I don't know what the fuck is going on they show the part of it and they cut away like they always do and they show all these the stuff buildings blowing up right next to McDonald's and they're all on fire and I was like what the fuck is going on like they're just like like it's not Frankenstein you don't need to literally attack it like you burned it the, the, you don't need to burn the building down I guess is what I'm saying like you clear it out although maybe it is best that they I guess if it were the other way I'd be like you need to get rid of it completely so I guess maybe it's for the best but it was so strange because then they went back to the broadcast to her direct to camera broadcast I was like what the fuck like so out of sequence when she finishes up I guess she's doing like a TV spot Ugh. it was just so back and forth this whole sequence the, the end of the movie is very sloppy uh, I, I didn't really care for it that much because it didn't fit the rest of the tone and pacing. It just like quickly, quickly, quickly. I'm like, you can slow down. Why are you so? Why are you in such a hurry? If I'm this far along in the movie, I'm on board. Like I'm willing to watch it. You can. You don't have to hurry for my sake. Like go ahead and go ahead and show me what's going on here. Anyway, uh, Rutherford goes and he confronts the old man that hired him, and he's like, "You're in on this. I know it." And then the other old man who was on the yacht comes in, and he's like, "You're in on it too." And then he's like, "Yep." And he's like. That's not good. And the little kid walks in, and the little kid opens up a thing, and then uh, Rutherford, Rutherford pulls a gun on him, and then they make the two old men sit there and eat carton after carton of the stuff. And I guess the old man's plan was to release this other version of the stuff called, like, I don't remember. I, I, I didn't write it down. I didn't even care. It was basically 12% the stuff, and they mix it all with milk, and it doesn't. it's enough to give you, you know, make you crave it but not go crazy. It's basically diet stuff, I guess is what you call it. That's what I'm going to call it. So I'm pretending that's the name here. And then fucking Rutherford Jones here just holds them at gunpoint and makes them eat all these fucking cartons of the stuff. Like, And they're like sitting there like, oh, like they can't get enough of it. Like fucking just junkies. They're just like on their hands, literally on their hands and knees, like scraping the cartons out. And they could not get enough of it. And then it just cuts away from that. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And then they cut to this scene, one of my favorite scenes of the movie, actually, and they ended on it, 
where you see these this guy and like a couple guys in a street corner or on the street side, and you can tell it's a shitty area. The guy pulls up in a truck, and I was like, "Oh, I know what they're doing. This is awesome." And the guy pulls out this case, and it's a case of the stuff. And he like does dips his hand in there, and like, "Oh, that's real." Basically, like you know, with a coke, you wherever they do coke scenes in movies, they dip it on their on their teeth. And like that's right on their gums or whatever. And I was like, "Oh, that's clever. That's actually really clever. I like that." And then the movie ended, and I was like, "Oh shit." They ended on a really good scene following several strange ones, but that was a really good ending. I really appreciated it. Uh, so, yeah, I guess Rutherford Jones is my Jones for the movie. I always try to have one. I don't always have one, though. I, I, I wish I did. I, I try to remember, too, but I don't always remember. But uh, this movie, I, I gave it a 4 out of, out of 10 simply because it had too many flaws at, just in it. I had too many errors. Obviously, it's a it's a B grade, che- you know, cheesy horror movie. Normally, I go five if, if it was like a like like John, John Carpenter's The Thing is a cheesy uh, B grade horror movie, but it is done with money. This was n- not a whole lot of money, but they did a really good job for what they had. But it also is basically Halloween three. It just is. It just really is. But it could have been a lot worse. So honestly, a score of four isn't that bad. I could consider a five, but a five is too close to, to, to liking it. It had a lot of good qualities. I would, I would recommend watching it if you're into this kind of, this kind of thing. If you're, if you can, you know, it, it's not gross. It's not, not really. There's a couple sequences where you're like, oh, that was, that was not good. But honestly, I expected the stuff to do more damage. I expected it to really fuck people up, like, like melting their insides and shit like that. Like lots of goop and bubbles and shit. Like, you'd normally see that in, like, if it was kind of acidic in any way. It just kind of came out of people, and their faces would have blow up. There's only one scene where I can remember where he opens his mouth, Garrett Morris does toward the end, where he, that was kind of gross, but it was cool looking. That's a scene that really reminded me of The Thing. Um, the Thing, The Stuff, They, It. How many movies have really vague names? Anyway, um, so I would recommend watching it. It's not amazing, but it was fun. It was fun enough to warrant uh, watching, and I don't hate it. So... So there you go. And I talked about it for 53 out of minutes so far. Holy shit. What happened? I haven't podcasted in a long time, and I need to, I need to you know, make these shorter. God damn. I apologize. This stuff is, this stuff is long. This stuff overtook me. Made me talk too long. Um, I guess I'll end it. Guys, go to liwstudios.com. Go check out the website. It's all on there. And also subscribe to youtube.com slash loitering in wonderland. Loitering in wonderland. Go subscribe, rate and review on iTunes and uh, Stitcher. We're on there. I haven't done an ad in a while, but that came out naturally. I was, I was kind of surprised. It's like embedded in my brain. The stuff is really helping with this, with this, with this stuff. You know what I mean? Um, go check out Shit Movie Showdown, though. That's that's our main show. It's our consistent show. We emerged with Nick Cage cast recently. It's a lot of fun. Uh, please help us grow. Share it with your friends. I really do appreciate that. It's it's picking up, not as quickly as I'd like to be honest, but it's uh, Shit Movie Showdown is a really fun show. Share it with your friends. Your loved ones, homeless men, um, your, your your priest, your preacher, your whoever the fuck, whatever, whatever else you have, uh, your rabbi. I guess I'll include the Jews. Uh, anybody you can seriously share with it. I appreciate it. I love you guys. Until next time. In the meantime, I'm Phoenix West. So long, citizens. <laughs>